1: Welcome back. A's for alcoholic nice. podcast about recovery, alcoholism, friendship. Um, <laughs> I I, didn't, I, don't I know. keep thinking yeah, running. I
0: think, friendship porridge. Porridge. Porridge.
1: Porridge you know, like, like oatmeal. Lux.
0: Yeah, like Goldilocks eats.
1: Eats porridge.
0: I like yeah, porridge. That did land man, that was that was a salvo was across sad. your fucking bow well, there, I, and you just it just
1: whiffed. I think it was the the lag was was what it's, oh. it's tough. Um, I did have a th- I had a thought, and, and I think so. I have a, I have a prediction. I have a thought. I have a prediction. So you know how we talk about in recovery. We talk about you know when I started going into the rooms. So I think what's going to happen is people who are who are new to sobriety and recovery this year, when they talk about it in the past tense, they're going to say, "Yeah, when I first started getting into the zooms." That's gonna and be the zooms. thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I that's was a in good the... zoom. That's <clears throat> a, got, zoom's know. got good sobriety. It's <clears throat> good good zoom. Mm-hmm.
1: It's good zoom. It's a good zoom. It's got good sobriety. Seriously, good when I first started sobriety. getting into the zooms, um, going into the zooms, because I was in a zoom meeting and there was there were two or three people who just gotten sober this year and literally had not mm-hmm. been inside of an actual meeting. All of it was done online, and it was just kind of—it's crazy to me, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you do it. Um, And it's funny
0: that we're thinking about it like we're old salts, like we're veterans of the rooms here. Me and mm -hmm. you are fucking not even a decade of sobriety. I've just—I've seen some rooms, Mm. man, in my six years. You know, I've seen the same five rooms. I've seen the same. (laughs) I've seen the
1: same three rooms in the small town that I've been in.
0: I mean, You don't even know, man. I'm an old timer. I used to have to throw away all the vape pods after the meeting. <laughs> yeah, you know what
1: I'm saying? Right? <laughs> Sweep up all the vape pods off the ground.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, bring them <clears throat> gluten free fucking vegan cookies. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Yeah.
1: The gluten free Belvedas. <laughs> yeah, for the meeting, the Belvedas. I can't eat
0: Belvedas, man. Why not? They give me such bad gas. I don't know what, what is in that Belveda, but I don't know, man. I my mom bought some last year when they were here for Christmas, and like I was like well, two hundred twenty calories for two of them. I can use that maybe as a light lunch or I don't know, supplement a, uh, a couple of snacks. And I was just like fart machine. It was just gross. It was disgusting.
1: It was I'm like horrible. a fart machine. Can't I'm nobody. And nobody work with nobody but me or however it goes. <laughs> I'm just a fart machine. <laughs> so no belvedas for you. No road no. no snacks on the road. Those will not be in the uh road trip snack pack.
0: Nope. Not for me um, at least.
1: <clears throat> For those of you who don't know, uh Jerry is moving to Arizona and yep. um will be leaving shortly in, in the next few weeks and we don't know how the podcast is going to go. Uh, for the last week, we'll figure it out one way or the other. I know, right? It's there might be some. I seat. mean, there might be some delay or something like that, but we'll figure it out. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's 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 exciting news. I'm glad it's going well. I mean, a move can be very stressful and painful and um, sad, but I don't think that. I, I what I'm hearing from you is that this is. Kind of.
0: This one isn't as stressful as the last one. Well, the last right. one and the last one was just five blocks. You know, we literally moved less than a mile from our old house, and that was really stressful. This one has right. been like we've had so much time to prep, though. I mean, we've been planning on moving since August. Mm-hmm. About more or less is when the idea kind of came through. It was in August, and Megan's like, "Let's we should." I was like, "Let's move," and then it, we've been pretty much planning since August. <laughs> so so far. Everything has gone really smoothly. I'm grateful for that. I'm so happy it's gone smoothly. Mm-hmm. And it will be sad. It will be really sad. But it'll be good, too, though. Potential. You know, there's potential. Are there any
1: things in Eugene that you're going to, well, I mean, I guess everything's fucking shut down or locked down or covered in virus, I mean, what right? Is
0: that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I haven't really done anything in Eugene since March. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'm going to miss this room and then the other room I sit in and the same trail I run on every time I run. I'm going to miss that Amazon uh, trail Mm -hmm. though. That is a really nice Rexy's trail on Amazon. Yeah, if you ever, any listeners ever live in Eugene or move to Eugene and like to run, run that Amazon Rexy's trail 3.5 miles. It's in South Eugene. It's nice. It's a really nice trail. It's cushy. Mm-hmm. They put like special gravel down under it, <coughs> underneath the wood chip. So it's like it's like running, it like springs. It's a nice trail. Mm-hmm. I'll miss that. Yeah. I'll, there'll be a ton of shit I'll miss about Eugene. I'll miss my friends I have here and stuff, but I haven't seen anybody since March. I'll miss poke bowls, getting a poke bowl across the street from the tattoo shop.
1: Yeah, you don't really mess with uh, too much sushi in Arizona, do you? It's not really a-, I, a
0: little bit. My mom's got some secret gems, though. My mom knows. Some spots, oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Because, okay, but, you know, everything is kind of raw fish in the desert. kind of shady, right? I mean,
1: supposedly, I mean, I'm know sure they've I'm got saying? Yeah, I'm sure there's a legit sushi place in, you know, Phoenix somewhere. But, you know, gets flown in daily. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man.
0: Who knows, man? Who knows? And my dad around here, he'd be like, listen, you're right next to this. Cia Cortez. That's only three hours away, Jerry. They just imported it up from Mexico, right over the border. That's what my dad would say. Sea well,
1: he Cortez. would know. There's
0: tuna, bluefin tuna. In the sea of Cortez, Jerry.
1: There you go. You got that Did yellow. Did you know that
0: Geronimo traveled up in 18 something to Cia Cortez, and then it'll just go on in the whole history. I love it, man. My dad's like the History Channel of just Southern awesome. Arizona. See mm-hmm. that mountain range? Twenty villagers were killed there. By the Chiricahua Indians, you know, it's some <laughs> wild shit. I'm like, word.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, all that's right. great. I'm glad. I'm glad that the move is 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 much more of a positive, optimistic, exciting, uh, something to look forward to, rather than, God, I hope we can fit all this shit into these boxes and get it over there. And
0: oh, my wife's tripping on that <clears throat> though. She's like, "Is 26 feet going to be enough?" And I'm like, "Yes, I promise you. I assure you, there'll probably be extra room. Mm-hmm. I assure you." Yeah, but, you know, this is all a matter of time getting it all done and out and then figuring out what we're going to do
1: when we get home. Yeah. Yeah. So today, today's letter is W, and I wanted Uh, to, I've been thinking about this a lot, and we got this email, and it's it's a bit of a lengthy email, but I really think that it's important to read it. But I wanted to talk today about the strengths that we have as alcoholics, Um, not only from... Like the tools that we've gathered in recovery, but maybe even potentially some sort of um transferable skills that we have learned in our our career as excessive drink drinkers, and I was thinking okay. to myself that like well, what's w how do i how do i i mean I was trying to fit this in, and I thought you know um. I thought we could. It could be for uh, W is for We Alcoholics Persevere, but that seemed like kind of a long-winded um, uh, title. So I thought we could just do uh-huh. W is for WAP, WAP. We mm-hmm. Alcoholics Persevere. So.
0: <laughs> this is also the only time. On our podcast where you're allowed to say WAP and it's not, like, racist. Um, That's great. We alcoholics persevere, dude. Um, We definitely find a way, yeah.
1: And um, so just because this is something that uh, we come to find in ourselves and we we deal with strength and we, you know, we've spent our – I know I have spent so much of my time drinking, dealing with, you know – Waking up in a deficit, feeling like I have to overcome something, feeling like there's this this challenge in front of me. And it was just a fucking hangover. And then that that moment of um, of um, waking up sober in those first several months of sobriety, of 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 recovery and going like, oh, my God, I feel great. This is amazing. You know, and I maybe that was kind of the pink cloud for me. Right. Maybe that was my pink cloud. But I got this this email, <coughs> excuse me, and it's a little bit lengthy, but I, 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 I think it really is important to read it. So it's from her name is Katie uh, and dear John and Jerry, you were my godshot yesterday and I'm writing to say thank you. I have been sober for 12 years and 11 months and today I was almost was almost day one for me. I hear a lot from my fellow alcoholics in meetings that they can't seriously imagine drinking again. That when the thought comes to them, it is a philosophical thought rather than what seems like the sanest and most rational decision. Until this week, I would have said the same thing. I am currently experiencing the fallout from a terrible breakup and the attendant awful words... We sometimes use to inflict pain on each other. Made all the more painful because my partner was also my partner in recovery, and I didn't want to believe that he would want to inflict damage. Anyhow, I have been working this program double time, saying my fourth step prayer every morning, reading 86 to 88 each morning, reading at least two pages from the big book from from the start of the book forward each day, and reading the daily reflection. I go to at least four meetings each week, still on Saturday night, That's a lot. That's a lot of recovery in there. Um, Still, on Saturday night, I had an intense craving to drink. It was so intense that I had a physiological reaction. Time slowed down. My heartbeat felt calmer, and I got an adrenaline rush. These are the sensations I used to get pre-recovery right before I took the drink that would end my latest dry spell. I have never had those feelings and then not drank. I worked through the craving using the principles we learned in recovery. The next day, the thought came back, but this time I had a clearer image of what it would look like to drink and how good it would feel to forget for a few minutes. I worked through the feelings again, but as I walked on Monday morning, but as I was walking on Monday morning, I suddenly had a fully formed thought I need to go to the post office, and the post office is across the street from the grocery store. I would stop in the grocery store and pick up a bottle of liquor because if I was going to drink, I wasn't going to drink anything of my temporary roommates. This thought was immediately followed by an acknowledgement that to buy the bottle was to decide to drink, and I made that deliberate decision that it would be a relief to just be done with the struggle." I understood that I would not achieve 13 years, and I was okay with that. I pictured going to a meeting and saying I was in my first 30 days and hoped but knew it wasn't a guarantee that I would return to recovery. I was determined to carry out my plan. I figured I had tried every tool I had in the program and it wasn't working, so I may as well take the path back to alcohol. Somewhere in the back of my head, a tiny voice pointed out that what That what I was experiencing had echoes of Fred's story in the More About Alcoholism chapter of the big book. I pondered whether my thoughts were my disease talking. Since I was out walking, I turned on your podcast, which I often listen to in the evening. The episode I happened to have been listening to was, "G is forget better. And within minutes of turning the podcast on, you were talking about how you don't want to test your disease because then you'd have to go through all the shit again. I continue to listen because it's so reassuring to hear honest discussions of recovery and to realize I'm not alone in this. When I got home, I decided to talk honestly, rigorous, rigorous, honestly. I decided to talk honestly, rigorous honesty with my therapist about my plan to buy alcohol. And we spoke and came up with a different plan. I talked to fellow alcoholics about how close I came. And somewhere along the way, the obsession lifted. It felt like a fever that passed. And in its wake... I was an alcoholic willingly in recovery again. I can't say with absolute certainty whether I would have decided to take a different path had I not turned on your podcast yesterday, but I can say I was resolved to drink and that it sounded like the sane and rational thing to do. I can say with certainty that your words were the godshot I needed to turn back to the solution. Thank you both for your honesty and candor about recovery. Meetings are great, and I love going to them. But your podcast invites listeners to actively participate by listening fully and to engage in a different way than a meeting does, which is why it is among the tools in my toolkit. I appreciate the work you do and recommend your podcast to my friends in recovery. Thanks for being there when I needed it most with the words I needed to hear the most and look forward to continuing to listen to you as we trudge the path. Thanks for bearing with this long email. I don't often send unsolicited emails and never any in which I pour out my alcoholic soul, but I am so grateful <laughs> that what your podcast was there, what, that your podcast was there when I was at my jumping off point yesterday. I didn't drink yesterday and I have made that decision again just for today, not to drink with gratitude, Katie. Damn. <clears throat> so that was, we got that a couple of, couple weeks ago so this person is probably gonna you know all things considered make it to 13 years and like Mm -hmm. when i think about like all those moments those thoughts of like having a drink and how they really are thankfully only philosophical in nature right 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 and like when she whatever that thing was that came up inside of her whatever that like feeling of like all the little all the little triggers and all the little cues Mm -hmm. like all just turned on in her body and I think about that in her mind like oh I got the rush I got the calm and the rush and everything was getting set in place and ready for a bottle of liquor
0: yeah
1: um and like I say that you know I, one, thank you (laughs) for, for sharing that. Thank you for not drinking And Thank you for the kind Mm -hmm. words, but like, seriously, it takes a lot of fucking strength to just not say, okay, why don't we just go have a drink? I've already, like in, in the, in the email, you know, in her mind, I'm hearing, well, I've already promised myself I'm going to drink, you know, you know, we always say, take it to the final conclusion well this final conclusion included drinking just so I could be done with it and then going back to recovery. Right. Like that was the out the alcoholism was giving her.
0: You can like, always Its go okay.
1: Back. I know you're in mm-hmm. recovery, but we're just going to do this this one time and then you can go back. And I'm like, <laughs> "Fuck, dude, that's fucked up. That's dark. That's that's well, really... that's not only really
0: dark. That's really deceptive. This is a deceptive trick your mind plays on you, you know. We mm-hmm. always talk about the addict or the alcoholic mind as a thing separate from what we are. Like, they always say, oh, my al- my addict or whatever we want to call it is in the parking lot doing push-ups. And I always r- weirded me out because I was like, no, that's not separate from me. That is me. I am in the parking lot doing push-ups. I do have the biggest boner for bourbon. I don't know what to do about it. So that's why I'm sitting in this room, learning how to deal mm-hmm. with it. It's, it's. But I always like we always go back to that voice in the back of the bus. But the bus is the whole metaphor is it's me. It's all me. There's no outside foreign source that that <clears throat> fucking makes me do the shit I do. Like I do the shit I want to do. I do the shit I think is right. I do the shit I think will bring me relief. The, I reason with myself, right? This um, Katie this person i first of all i really appreciate the email when you sent it to me it like i was it like i like teared up it like made me emotional cuz i was like damn people actually listen to us sometimes you know but and, and then like we actually affect them that's what trips me out is like the things i say affect other people i'm not used to that but that being said though like uh, the 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 bargaining you do with yourself like the bargaining i do with myself is is i can relate to that absolutely like i just sit there and go oh, it'll be okay it'll be okay Dude, hey, just fucking get it over with. Just get it over with and then you can go to a meeting and then just start all over again. But who's there's no guarantee in any of that shit, you know? Like, once you're mm-hmm. off, you're off, right? I mean, that's why you go to those meetings. You know, you don't go to those meetings because you drink once and then you're like, well, I'm done, and push away from the table. Nah, man. Like, wh- I go to these meetings because once... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, just, well, that was, a, that was a fine brandy, you know? No, dude, like, I go to these fucking meetings because I can never push away from the table so who's to guarantee this one drink because everything's gone to shit and we're there's thousand reasons to drink right now there are so many reasons there are more reasons now to drink than there were last year this time but Mm -hmm. I also know that like I don't know man like I just I just know there's no one and done with me and I know Mm -hmm. it's the cliche we always say it but that's my condition and my condition is that the alcoholic is not in the parking lot doing push-ups I am in the parking lot doing push-ups Getting ready.
1: I I literally you know I mean? am. <laughs> you are. I know. You're
0: in front of like a fucking pawn shop, a Dizzy Dean's donuts, and like a laundry mat. Basically. Doing dips on a... There used to be this guy in Tucson that would run around in his like in the smallest tiny satin shorts, and he'd run every day. I'd see him on East Tucson. He was up practically naked except for these satin shorts and running shoes, and he was like 70 and ripped. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that's you in the future. And we would clown dance like we'd be. 20 years old and mm-hmm. be like, look at that fool. He's in his underwear running all uh-huh. shiny and shit. And that guy's probably healthy as fuck. That was like, so that dude's probably still alive. He's still
1: running. He's still yeah. doing, he's yeah. still doing races, yeah. dude. That's
0: my alcoholic, dude. My alcoholic is you and that guy doing dips <laughs> on a fucking I was on thinking, a bus station bench. so.
1: I was thinking about this because I was I had I had to buy some gloves. I was looking for fingers gloves to wear, you know, in the wintertime because uh-huh. it's cold mm-hmm. outside. And I found the ones, the leather ones that had the little button snap on the back with like the little webbing. Nice. I was thinking about mm-hmm. getting some nice. of those to run in, so That's I can do just, just stop dance. anywhere and do push-ups and do dips like Hell anywhere yeah. on the street. Just start nice. wearing leather gloves out.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be twenty twenty-one, dude. It's gonna turn into the <laughs> cyberpunk future we've been waiting for. Fuck it. <laughs>
1: But, so you know, so back yeah. Yeah,
0: that that being said, like, uh, I'm glad this person didn't drink, and I'm glad that this person is really diligent working their program. I'm, I mean, this person is like overtime working their program because I don't even know what's on pages eighty six to eight. I have no idea. I'm like, ah, oh, maybe it's a story about Bill W. putting milk and whiskey or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I really don't because I don't, I don't work a great program as far as like the, the being within the parameters of AA. That's that's so far how my recovery hasn't needed that yet. And I hope once again, I hope when it does, I can go, I can just go back in the rooms and figure it out. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like when my recovery needs that type of, uh, um, that type of framework to work in, you know, I would hope that the program would be there to help me out with it, but I still use a ton. I've learned from the program, but, um, yeah, it's very interesting. It was beyond interesting. I can relate to it. <clears throat> right? So the old triggers, like you said, the feeling hot, the flush, the, just those physical, because it's not even a physiological or a, a psychological, it's physiological as well. Like you feel the trigger. You feel the. I feel it like now with shit that doesn't have to do with alcohol. Like with pie. I fuck with pie all day, dude. You don't mm-hmm. even know, dude.
1: <laughs> mm. I had some pie last night. It's good. I, I've
0: been eating a shitload of pie for the past like three days. Gained like three pounds in like three days. Killing it with pie, dude. Mm. I got a pumpkin? pie from the Metropole. Pecan, pumpkin, and pecan. Pecan's my favorite. My cousin is a baker at the Metropole Bakery here in Oregon, in Eugene. And nice. They make the best pecan pie I've ever had, other than my mm. mother's. My mother's first, of course. Yes. Metropole second. Yeah, but Leanne um, here.
1: She's listening. But I hope she- not. <laughs> are they is. i thought they were for a bit for a while there you used she to be listening every week she but does every once in a while it.
0: right yeah because this is me saying fuck and talking about my dick or something and she's like oh jerry
1: ah. um
0: just like every other listener it's like
1: oh, <laughs> oh jerry um i i'm just yeah there's all this so we put in all this recovery and we, i think a lot of it is what we everybody has different needs and everybody has different requirements and everybody has different, um, different parts of their recovery. Right. You know, we're all different people to go to four meetings a week, then go to four meetings a week. If you need to go to six, if you need to go to seven, if you, if you should be in at least three a day because you lost your fucking job because of alcohol, then go to three a day and figure the, figure (laughs) it out. Right.
0: Figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know exactly. I, And I miss I miss meetings a little bit, dude.
1: I know you'll get back to them once every. I know you
0: do your Zoom, but I'd Zoom's not the same for me. Which is funny because I really liked Zoom in the beginning. Then after a while, I was just like, "Yo, is that is that that dude's living room or a background?" You know, like I'm more distracted <laughs> by that shit. But then again, I'll go into a physical meeting and somebody will be mad and weird, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. "I gotta go pee now." You're being mad and weird, but not mad, appropriate mad, like just inappropriate. Anyway whatever my I'm going to send you the link to the know.
1: Sunday morning one that I go to that I think is really good. It's it's well what organized time is it? and it's well managed.
0: 9:30? Oh, I can fuck with that. Yeah.
1: So I can do 7, too, <clears throat> you know. But the anyway. amount the amount of strength that it takes for somebody who has almost 13 years yeah, to that have their disease go, "Yeah, we're going to drink. It's okay." And convince you. And we're going to convince, gonna convince you yeah, it's okay because you can go back to recovery. Don't. It's cool. It's like the. It's like the flip side where where when we're trying to get you know you we're trying to convince ourselves to get into recovery. We're like, well, we can always go back to alcohol. It'll always be there. I've said that to myself a million yeah. times. Well, there's plenty. So they're, not gonna, they're not they're not going to stop making Tito's. I can go get as much as I want whenever I want. Yeah, right now. You get a pool. I could spend. Up, celebrate. I could empty my bank account and buy all the Tito's that that would that would buy. Right. I can fucking you stop could. this. Absolute. And, but, but that's, that's, that's always going to be the case. It's never going to be, mm-hmm. it's never going to not. So, so that's why I, I do what I do instead. So it's just, it's amazing to me that, that she had this moment of, that's okay, honey. You can go, you know what I mean? Like that pat on the back yeah. of like, you can go back mm-hmm. to recovery and just like, so cunning, baffling, powerful. Cunning, baffling, powerful. How is ba- powerful? Ba- baffling? Baffling? I don't, I don't know. know. It's been a while. Dude, um, we are fucking <laughs> awful at this. <laughs> well, again, it's not... This is not... We are not here to promote the... Uh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> the, the program. Dude. Um, but I think about the strength that it takes to do this, and um, it's strength that we take... That I take for granted sometimes. And... And I'm grateful that I don't, I don't have to think about it every single day. I'm grateful that it's not like an hourly struggle anymore. Thank um, God. But
0: Amen, Jesus, baby Jesus. But it God. still comes up. <laughs> Seriously, though. And yes. Yeah, it does. Somebody, it does. It does.
1: Yeah, somebody at work the other night had brought some olives. And they were these Castle Ventrano olives, which I really love. They're kind mm-hmm. of rich and buttery. They're really good. But they were the pitted kind, which usually aren't that great. It's usually the ones that already had that had the pits in them for whatever reason. I don't know what the process is. He's like, "You want some olives?" And I was like, "Yeah, I guess." And I had a few, and they were really sour. And I was like, "Oh fuck, is that is that white wine?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh man, they fucking
0: put booze and everything in Napa. Good lord, give it." But it, it wasn't. Rest.
1: So I don't think that it was because I didn't catch I didn't catch a fever. I didn't I didn't feel hot. I didn't feel mm-hmm. excited or anything like that. But it was just this like moment of decision about what I'm going to have to fucking do next. Now, do I do I reset again? Like, I have to be super diligent. I mean, why would diligent? you reset if it
0: was unintentional, though?
1: I don't think I, that I, I would. but I yeah. don't think so. But it's like, okay, now I need to double up my defenses about what I'm eating out in the fucking wild. You know? Right. Um, I smell
0: everything, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
1: But it just reminded me of that moment of, of feeling... Mm-hmm those physical feelings of getting excited, getting hot, the same sort of reaction, the emotional, the emotional mm -hmm. attachment and reaction I get and how I have to, I have to curb that. And so every time a craving comes through, even a small one for something, something silly, if I, you know, a piece of chocolate or candy, it's like, okay, click. I know what that is. I know what it needs. It doesn't need that. And I can move through it and i think a lot of that strength is not something necessarily that we're born with but that we develop and we learn mm-hmm. through the the repetition and the routine of recovery yeah you know um i don't i again when i was drinking i thought i was tough yeah you know <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i thought i was so tough and so strong and it wasn't until I started to try to do push-ups this summer that I realized how weak I was. And I, I mean, you know, I'm, right. I'm, I'm kind of half joking, but I really did think I was strong because I could weather that Bukowski. I thought I was some Bukowski barrel-chested, tough guy. You had
0: perseverance, you had strength of spirit, salt and grit. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes, yeah. all
1: of the above. I didn't right. have any of that. We didn't have any of that. That was, that Yo, was all dude, bravado. Yeah, dude,
0: and we can't even fucking Bukowski, no salt and grit. Yeah, the guy could get in a bar fight and he had face like fucking back road on a summer day, but good Lord, man, that guy get floored by hangovers for four days. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like he'd have to lay in bed for four or five days of hangovers. You fart hard and Bukowski would throw up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that's not strength, dude. That's like, that's, that is a weak read that has been bent. Not him as a person, but his will, you know? I don't know, man, but, but you yeah. know what? If, if it's if it's W for WAP, right? Like we alcoholics persevere. Like I think about that all the time and the hardships I have to go through. I know it's funny that we're saying, I'm part Italian, so I'm allowed to say it. It's my word. But uh, <laughs> but I just think of like those hardships I went through drinking, you know? My wife and I she, have been going through, um, well, I've been going through some of my wife's old external hard drives of her photography and stuff, finding old paintings, cause I'm not doing commission paintings right now. and so I'm, posting a lot of older stuff on my social media to keep people interested in my brand, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I found some old, I know it's awful, dude. I found some old videos of me in Seattle working on a painting, and I look like a fucking bruised tomato. Like I just look like a busted watermelon. Like I'm just bloated and red and hot and sweating. It's a winter day in Seattle, and I'm sweating through a shirt. I'm painting for an art show you gave me at the Balmar. Like- Oh yeah. like. Yeah, dude. And I'm just, I just look like shit, dude. And like that, I had to persevere and live through that every day, like feeling like shit like that. Like, I don't feel like shit every day anymore. I feel kind of bad because I'm getting old and things hurt that didn't hurt before and I have headaches and whatever. And there's Corona and I get scared every day about COVID, you know. But like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like shit like that anymore. Like, not like that, you know. I had to persevere through that. I had to get up every day and do that and still live life as best as to the best of my ability. So. If I can get right. through that, then what the fuck is 2020? You know. Right.
1: Wait. So just Puff. to be clear, the WAP was a reference to the uh, Cardi B feminist anthem.
0: I know, wet ass pussy. Okay. But we keep saying WAP, <laughs> WAP, you know, Yes. I know. I, right. We're gonna okay. we be clear. We're making a joke on wet ass pussy. Yes. Which also <laughs> is a wild ass fucking song, and it's not wild because women are being sexual. It's just that Cardi B is a whack fucking rapper, and so is Meg Thee Stallion, The Stallion. They're fucking whack but this is, so,
1: there's Jerry's but, no nuance said, November right there.
0: But you know what though? That being said, like the song in of itself is very empowering and I fucking back it up. You all be horny and be a lady, be horny, be a lady. Goddamn. What women did so stupid to think that anyway, I don't gonna go to my whole social aspect on it, but it's so dumb think to think that women are allowed to express themselves like men are. Give me a fucking joke. And it's not masculine to express their sexuality. It's as human.
1: That's there you go. I
0: take, man. T- Welcome to the corner. It's like Mr. Rogers, but instead of me putting on a cardigan, <laughs> I just put on a badass leather jacket and like push up my Ray-Bans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I pull down my Ray-Bans. I'm like, let me tell you something about society outside of alcoholism. Let me tell you about my outside issues.
1: <laughs> let me tell you about my outside <laughs> outside <laughs> issues with Jerry Wagner. Yeah. That's that's, yeah, that's that's just a good me one right standing there. outside. Is that the other
0: podcast in the in the <laughs> no gluten on
1: Mm. No, but we could. That could be. A, that would be a good YouTube series. Some outside issues, just you like standing outside with a leather jacket and some sunglasses.
0: Just, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, like what's his name, Leary, Dennis Leary. Just let me tell you something. Yeah. I need ten steaks. <laughs> I'm gonna be a fucking sexist. Yeah, Dennis Leary. That was funny in the uh-huh.
1: '90s. Give yeah. it a rest. Give it a Everybody, rest.
0: Settle down, motherfuckers. Yeah, mm. but um. So were you were for a tomato. second I thought that wet, I was a wet ass pomegranate. I was a wet-ass pineapple. But I just had to persevere through all that, right? We persevere. Like, this person who wrote us this letter went through that rough patch. And it's, a, it's really weird because they're going through, like, a physical, emotional rough patch, you know, with this breakup and probably all the stress surrounding everything that's been happening this year. And this conflict is internal. Like, this person... Projects everything going on in their lives, going through their lives. They're a little sad or whatever, but this internal conflict is like just fucking drink and just get it over with, so you can feel that relief because drinking is the key that opens the lock. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, ah, dude, you know it don't work. We all know it don't work. That that's you just telling you some bullshit, and you know it too. That's mm-hmm. why you didn't do it, you know. And and when I hear that we're you know we're the god shot or whatever, it's it's it's. If we're going to talk higher powers and shit, I really feel like it's a higher power working, like just pushing, you know what I mean? Like putting the thing in that person's lap, in in, in that person's lap that they needed.
1: Mm-hmm. I just say dumb yeah.
0: shit. Like here are my takes. I talk about Cardi B <clears throat> and Dennis Leary. Like what do I got? You know, like I'm a 45 year old dude moving back in with his parents, you know, like I'm killing it, you know.
1: Next on Outside Issues, Jerry Wagner Jr. <laughs> Forty-five.
0: Got to live with my mom and dad and brother-in-law and sister. I ain't got no job. Going to try to find a house. See what happens.
1: Uh huh. Oh, there's definitely going to be some chores in the house, Jerry. Um, there are some chores in that house. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so. Oh god.
1: So when I think about like one of the things that kind of interests me is the idea of so for 17 years roughly i drank and there's there's the notion that when you start drinking alcoholically your development is arrested at that period so like i was 17 or like 17 for 17 years roughly something like that right now there Mm -hmm. was some development because i was I was learning some things, but it was definitely fucking stunted. I mean, I did not know how to live like a grown man. And when I look around my house and I look at things and my behaviors, I'm not saying that I don't now, but there's certain things where I'm like, huh, I'm going to be 44, and how am I supposed Mm -hmm. to be living? Which less and less I'm I'm interested in is about how I'm supposed to be living. But I want it to be good. I want to have a proper place. I want to feel comfortable in my home. I want things to be in their place. I want to have all of my, you know, orders and my affairs in order and all that kind of stuff. So, I'm always looking at that. But, like, what are some of the lessons that I took away from 17 years of drinking that I now can apply to my life? Well, um, were they, I'm curious. I, well, guess, I guess maybe you're doing <clears throat> that and then I interrupt Well, you. yeah, yeah. So, I think... Um, <laughs> I mean, so there's a lot of things like we learn how to lie and we learn how to hide and we learn, we learn how to, to manipulate. And, Mm. um, I think now basically I've learned to do the opposite of everything I was doing for 17 years. And when I, when I think about Mm. stuff, like when I feel like I'm in the midst of manipulating something or I feel like I, okay, I start to, to think, Like several moves ahead about if I say this, how is this person going to perceive it? And then I'm like, well, slow down a second. You can't you don't know what this other person's going to do or say you can't control that. So Mm -hmm. just just let it go. And so a lot of um, and I wrote this down this morning in the meeting. And um, this is so this is I haven't got it all figured out. But basically, I used to use shame and guilt a lot as a motivator. So I would stop something if I felt ashamed. Now, I wouldn't I wouldn't always learn from that and I would just do the same shit again over and over and right. over and over and over because mm-hmm. I was drinking. But at least for that day or maybe two, I would sit in the shame and the guilt and I might try to like change my behavior or at least change where I was doing that behavior. Right? You kinda like but that's that's again there weren't a lot of lessons being learned. I would just be like, well, if I pissed off this friend, I'll just go drink with this friend until that other friend is right. forgives me.
0: Let's, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But one thing that I've learned in that whole process, and I wrote this just this morning, shame and guilt are so often used as a compass. Um And it, even in early sobriety, right? So we go like, oh, I feel shitty about myself. Maybe I should be doing more. I mean, maybe I'm not going to enough meetings. Maybe I should, you know, for me, it's like, what is my exercise routine? What am I eating? And so, like, there's a lot of shame and guilt and judgment on myself, right? So, like a hand to a hot stove, um, we go like, ow, that hurts. Ow, that hurts. Don't do that. Don't do that. And I think, and I wrote, as we begin to use the tools we learn and our course correction comes from going, you know, um, see, this is all fucked up. But basically, <laughs> the course correction goes from turning away from negative things to moving toward positive things, and I think that that's something that has taken me not only the seventeen years of drinking but the last five years of sobriety is mm-hmm. not listening to the voices of negativity and not listening to the voices of shame, guilt, and judgment, but rather listening to the to the the voices of good self esteem and the voices of um, you know support and love and kindness and compassion and so on and so forth. And so I'm not always like fucking backing up into a cactus and going, Oh, don't go that way. You know, or you know what I mean? They're like burning my hand. <clears throat> so the lessons now are like, oh, if you want to have good self esteem, do este- est- estimable things, esteemable things. How do you pronounce that word?
0: Yeah. Esteemable.
1: Esteemable. Rather esteemable than <laughs> Don't do shitty stuff so you won't feel bad. Because that was like right. a big lesson. Was was always repeated over and over and over was, you're a bad person, you do bad things. Oh, well, I don't want to think about that, so I'll drink. Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, and then when you drink, you do bad shit, because you're drunk. And then and again,
1: bad. and again, and again, it's right? So snake, it just never ends. Snake eating its own ass, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. An ass-eating snake. Um, <laughs> an ass-eating snake. <laughs> so, I mean, like, so the lessons really didn't come until that last shit. Uh, I don't know. Last few months of drinking, when it got mm-hmm. so bad, the last three to six months where it was like, this is not working, but I don't know what. This is not working, but I don't know what to do. And then it just finally, the whole thing falls apart. The whole thing crumbles, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically. Right. Um. You know, I still got... I still got the gout in sobriety. Like, I mean, I know this is not <laughs> related, but these are all things like I had to learn. You still
0: learn. Have the gout and sobriety, really? <clears throat> you don't have it anymore, though, right?
1: No, 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 no. But I was, because I was eating, like, I would just eat bags diet. of salami and cheese.
0: This is, I was thinking about you the other day, and I know you <laughs> ate me. bags of salami <laughs> and cheese and then drank Tito's, but I was thinking about you the other day on my run, and this is totally unrelated to this, like, deep moment we're having, but mm-hmm. I remember you. About a couple of years ago, your doctor was like, you need to quit drinking so much coffee. Blood pressure is too high. Mm-hmm. And you weren't working out or doing any of that shit yet. And now you're no. working out all the time. Mm-hmm. And I imagine if it's affected your blood pressure in a positive way. I imagine you can now drink coffee as much as you want because <clears> you're not f- <throat> using, you're not fighting against all that weight on you to keep your heart beating, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I so I do. So here's, yeah, to answer your question, I do. I still have like three cups or whatever, maybe four depending on you know, but I don't drink You liar.
0: It. You have six. You're fucking lying. Well, whatever the, anyway. I mean, I
1: don't know. So that's why yeah, you're probably, I have like three that's or four of these. That's 16
0: ounces. That's two cups.
1: Well, then I have like six or eight cups of coffee. I'm just um, fucking
0: with you though, but I was but, thinking about you the but, other day. That's all.
1: But when I went <laughs> to go get, when I went to go get my COVID test, uh-huh, um, in the back parking lot, because they didn't want me in the fucking building. Pull around back. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was listening to my heartbeat, and she's like, "It sound, your heartbeat is really big and slow, and that's great. That means your heart is strong. She's like, do you do a mm-hmm. lot of cardio? And I said, yeah. I run a lot, and I bike. And she said, that's fantastic. You should keep that up. And, yeah, my blood mm-hmm. pressure, I haven't had a problem since I started exercising, since I started walking and running. But I so, remember
0: this this conversation with you, and the reason why I'm thinking about it is because you were in that bargaining You're at that bargaining point where you're like, how can I make this work? How can I continue living the way I'm living and still drink a fucking boatload of coffee? Like, I can't do both. Like, I need to quit one or the other. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you're bargaining, like, how can I, maybe I can get stronger coffee so I drink less. Do you know what I'm saying? And then Mm -hmm. you just made the adjustment on one thing and then you were able to do the other thing without too much of a negative. You know, without more of a negative impact than, you know, t- drinking caffeine already has, you know. And, mm-hmm. and it just I – I was just thinking about you with that. And and like we still repeat these behaviors with other things in our life. The bargaining with the coffee or me with the Cokes, dude, the, the, the Coke Zeros, right? Like when I have like a 24-pack of Coke Zero on top of my fridge, I feel the same relief I used to feel when I'd get a bottle of bourbon, like a handle, and be like, I got enough for like three days. Boom. Now we got budgeted out. I got enough for three days. You know? Like, mm-hmm. same with the Coke Zero. I don't drink 24 Cokes in three days, though. That's a lot. But I'll drink like three cans a day. That's a lot of soda. You know what I mean? But hey, we all do it a little differently, I guess. But it's that same thing with the substance that, that dopamine hit. The addict in your brain is like, well, we're mm-hmm. just going to attach to this new thing. You know? Mm-hmm. That's, it's really weird. That is That must be a, a physical like lesson learned from alcoholism.
1: Yeah. You know. Um, you know, one thing too that occurs to me is that when we were drinking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you and I, we were no stranger to self inflicted pain. <laughs> oh, God no. <laughs> so that's all I not did. Not only yeah. <clears throat> not only whether it be, you know, the drinking and the hangovers and the falling down and the falling off stools and the fighting with people, I didn't get into too many fist fights. I usually
0: um, I did that My avoided like those,
1: genes. yeah, <clears throat> but I found that the fact that I had a higher tolerance for pain because I know other people who do not have any tolerance for pain, and there's no mm-hmm. judgment on that, like that's just they grew up avoiding it and finding ways to mm-hmm. deal without it, and thankfully right we should we should try to, but I feel like having a higher tolerance of pain and being the one that has inflicted upon myself that I have found that helpful and useful when I am pushing myself to go running right when I am when I am when I am like saying ow this hurts ow this hurts well you should just stop and go home and it's like well let's just work through this maybe this doesn't hurt maybe I don't feel this pain because this is the same person who would be flushed unable to breathe overweight like red in the face not getting drunk still drinking on this b- bottle of vodka I remember it was a kettle one and I couldn't get drunk and I thought or, and I've told you this I'll just drink through it I'm having an allergic reaction to the yeah. alcohol but I'll just drink through I'll it just
0: drink <clears throat> I'll drink it I won't think about <clears throat> it like I won't feel mm-hmm. it it'll still be happening but I won't be feeling it yeah I won't care but is actually
1: I won't care so I think that's 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 an interesting one for me that's like oh okay so I can I can deal with a little more pain in my life I've grown up that way I've learned to deal with that I've done it to myself okay. and so I can utilize that higher tolerance of pain to push myself a little bit further. Right? <laughs> um, you know. <clears throat> so I think the the strength comes from a lot of different places for for a lot of different reasons, you know, I'm another thing that I wrote about <clears throat> was dealing with this last year and anxiety and the stress and feeling sad and the multiple fires and subsequent smoke that's been in the air um that has forced me indoors the um multiple injuries including the one that I'm dealing with right now in the ankle where I was like I feel pretty good I should go out and I'm like John and I kind of like walked around. I was like, "You're not ready yet. Like, mm-hmm. just just give it a few more days, and then it'll be fine, and this will pass." Then I hurt my back in August, and so there's all been these little things. And so to compensate, <clears throat> I've been eating different stuff. Like I got a, I I cut out nuts now. I mean, so I literally am having a no nut November. Um, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> but like. Fuck. That uh, was that was my. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm just full of them today, um, but yeah. I just you're full of nuts. I would sit and I would eat peanuts and fucking raisins and by the handful. And I would just feeling bad and like I just want to and like all this is doing. This is where all the weight has been gained. And it's not that much, but it's enough. And I I notice it. Probably nobody else does, but right. I notice but it. But you notice enough
0: that you're <clears throat> uncomfortable with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's tiny things, the, but you live with it because it's your body. Yeah.
1: So when I think about that stuff, like the the fitness, when I think about the the alcohol recovery, when I think about the fitness, when I think about like the food stuff, the two mm. things that I've that I've learned are one, cut the shit, and two, do the work. <laughs> and yeah, so now Did a sponsor I
0: just tell you that. It sounds like no, that just, sounds just like sponsor talk.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, then then that let me say that to anybody out there who has any questions about what they can or cannot or not able to do, (laughs) cut the shit and do the work. But I, you know, because I would hear myself say this, well, but I just need Mm -hmm. to cut the shit. But I, but I, but I, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's like, okay, you know, you know how you gain that weight, John? And you were, you just had it down. Like, I saw pictures of myself in April. So... Mm -hmm. So it's not that far away, and you know how to do it, and you can do it again. So do you want to feel sorry for yourself and feel like you're stuck back somewhere? Because you're not, right? So this is just me trying to sponsor myself into convincing myself about, you know, just cut the shit and do the work, Jerry. Just cut the shit and do the work, yeah, exactly. That's all I've been doing, man. Cutting um, shit and doing work, man. Do you feel like there are any internal reservoirs you've developed over the years that you had to pull from in early sobriety um i mean i know we talk a lot about about getting help from outside right obviously we can't right. do this with our by mm-hmm. ourselves but <clears throat> were there things I like I
0: feel less entitled now mhm i don't know if i pulled that from early sobriety though because i felt really entitled in early sobriety i just always felt entitled i've been a pretty entitled person i think as far as like my attitude towards Mm -hmm. things it's really weird man because it also mixes with my shitty self-esteem so i'm like you deserve you deserve this but then my shitty self-esteem is like you don't deserve shit it's really it's a strange conflict but i feel like less entitled but from early recovery or just even from active alcoholism i've learned how to be really resourceful with money this Mm -hmm. pandemic like. Everybody was like, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you ask for this grant, that grant? And I'm like, no, man. We just It's been a, like little tiny windfalls here and there and just scrambling quickly to be resourceful and try to, do you know what I mean? Get on programs, mm-hmm. government programs, sell paintings, sell things left and right, you know, like just try to make things work out. Sell digital. You want a digital print? Fine, I'll it. you know, just trying mm-hmm. to not starve to death, you know? And I learned that from drinking because I was like, well... Coda's got mac and cheese. John's got tuna. I've got frozen vegetables. We can all make a dinner and <clears throat> we can all eat a little bit and then save enough <clears throat> for beer and, you know, use the leftover money for beer. Yeah. Um, or just like, hey, E-Web's due here. You know, the power's due here. You know, the cable. Or, I don't even have cable. Just power and rent are due. Okay, well, maybe I can borrow a little bit from here to move that over there mm-hmm. and then borrow somebody from this from them and then borrow. You know what I mean? Like, I just... Learn how to scramble like that. It's fucking sad Mm -hmm. that i got to still do it in my 40s, right? I mean, we're like Gen Xers. The dream they told us, those fucking baby boomers told us, was that we'd own a house and have a family by now and have our shit together. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we're going to – oh, I'm not getting into that. But (laughs) But, you know, I know I keep mentioning my age. Like, oh, I'm this age and I'm supposed to have shit done by now because the timeline we were raised with, we were raised on a timeline, you know.
1: Yeah. There was, there were, there were expectations that were laid out and, um,
0: right. But I I think I've learned, yeah, I've learned how to be resourceful and, um, acceptance. I've learned in recovery though is acceptance. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. if this doesn't happen, nothing's really changed. You know, like, like Mm -hmm. getting money, you know, speaking to someone and they're like, Hey, we'll pay you for this painting. You know, we'll put down a deposit. And then I never hear from them again. Like it doesn't, I'm not upset about that. I wasn't expecting that to happen. You know, money I never had is money I never had. So if it doesn't show up, well, what's the difference? Nothing's changed. If it shows up, wow, pleasant surprise. If it doesn't show up, oh, well, I wasn't depending on mm-hmm. it anyway, you know? Yeah. Acceptance. Acceptance, <clears throat> yeah.
1: I think, too, like, finding – and this is not every, not every alcoholic, but, you know, you and I had routines around drinking. Oh, yeah. And – and then, and then the bottom falls out and the, the shipwrecks and we find ourselves on the shore, like, you know, soaked, one shoe on, fucking right. coughing up seaweed. And when we become, when we get sober, we're like, I don't know what to do and there's nothing and everything seems chaotic and free falling and all this stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that that return to routine whether it be through meetings, whether it be through readings or studying, and then you know, waking up at a certain time and having your coffee and whatever else you do, whether it be feeding your animals and you know taking care of stuff, is like something that I know that I intrinsically needed both while drinking and now for sure, is this mm-hmm. sense of routine and getting certain things done in a day that if I don't, they will nag me until i get them done
0: yes yeah Mm -hmm.
1: so and i know that you talk about routine a lot too in your life and how it's i mean i love it is that weird that i love it i still want to be
0: spontaneous and do that i used to fucking hate spontaneity and now i think it's just being locked in this house i'm like i'm down to be a little spontaneous because like people would come in and be like i thought we just spontaneously wanted a tattoo and i'd be like get the fuck out of here like, it would make me so mad. Spontaneity. Even my wife would be like, let's spontaneously do this. And I'd be like, no. No. But it's all wrong. Mm-hmm. And um, because I love the routine so much. <clears throat> I still love it. Like, I love I love working in a box and having rules. But I also hate it. It depends on what aspect of my life it's in. If I'm making art, don't tell me there's rules. That shit pisses me off. That's why tattooing didn't fit with me for 20 fucking years. Because there's always rules. You know? And I just was like, fuck your rules. Uh, but... I like rules of, like, hey, you get up, you make coffee, you watch the news, you wake the kid up, you feed the kid, you get her ready for school. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. those stay within a line. Like, I love that shit. Feed the animals, make yourself breakfast, make your wife breakfast, you know, and then you can start your day, you know. Oh, work out? Oof.
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah, man. don't to
0: wait in that bitch, you know, or running.
1: Uh-huh. I, I just think it's, it's really – it's extraordinarily helpful because – Mm-hmm. Especially this year, and with the amount of of um, just the uncertainty, and then you know, there's this thing that happens, and we're in the midst of this sort of we don't know when all of this is going to end, pandemic wise, and then they say, well, vaccines are working, and then so people get excited and they're like, well, the end is near, and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not ready to uh, to feel that way because right. I don't want to. I don't want the rug to be pulled out from underneath me again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you find out the vaccines make you fucking grow a horn or something. Is that what you yeah.
1: mean? No, I mean, I don't... Not a I don't horn have,
0: necessarily, but you know what I mean.
1: I don't have a problem with it. I'm fine to get it when it comes my way. You know, mm-hmm. somebody was like, you're going you gonna to be the first one to get it, John? And I was like, one, I don't think that I'm first in line, bro.
0: Yeah, no, a waiter <laughs> at a fucking bar <laughs> in Sonoma. No, Walter, I'm no. not.
1: No, but... They were like, you're going to get it? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Like, this is – if anything, this has opened up my eyes to, like, how important public health is, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. And and so – what was I saying? Just that um, the important thing is to not get caught up in, like, thinking this is going to end because then it's just this psychological mindfuck. They've done these – they've done studies with runners where – They can, people can run for like 50 or even 100 miles, these ultra runners can go. And if they know that the end is coming, they can give it their all and they can go and they can go and they can go. But as soon as they are told there's no, like there's been some races where there's no stopping time, they don't get to know how long they have to go. They mentally yeah. are unable to perform at the level at which they were even before running fifty or a hundred miles when they I know there's way. an end so and there's a I term there that I am the
0: yeah okay go ahead
1: there's a term that I um I am blanking on right now, but it's just this idea of not knowing where the finish line is and so how do you continue to train for a race with no finish line well right i would say that we as alcoholics do it every single day right so yeah so we do it every single day i there's no graduation point there's no finish line for sobriety so i check in i make sure everything's all right i see what i gotta do today i do my routines whether that be around sobriety or my other affairs and then i go okay we're going to just take it one fucking day at a time mm-hmm. so i think this is important in this time of uncertainty and not knowing when the pandemic is going to be over and not knowing not knowing anything i mean if anything this is this whole year has taught us that it's taught me that um and yeah. so again practice these principles in all our affairs, right? This, this includes our right. thought process behind everything in life. Not just do I drink or, you know, or do I not? Um, so that's something that has re- that really struck home with me was this idea of like, what am I training for? Well, I don't have a race cause all the races are gone. So I just let everything fucking fall apart. And of course I didn't let everything fall apart. And of course I didn't really know like everybody else, what the hell was going on in March and April And I literally thought everything was cut, covered in fucking virus. So I I didn't know March
0: and April. I thought, dude, this was going to be a month. This is nothing. Remember when the Ebola happened or SARS or fucking birth vaguely. We were all like, yeah, vaguely. Right. And then like we didn't even have lockdowns. It just ended like my Mm. mom and dad got fucking swine flu. If there's a fucking disease, my parents catch it. I have no idea (laughs) why. But they had like the bird flu, the swine flu, you know, and those things, they were running, but then they got shut down. So I was under the impression that it was just going to end really quickly. We had a month, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? You brought up a point about like – Training, what am I training for if there's no race to run? And I always think about it like meditation, too, right? Like the desired effect of meditation is that you're meditating. Just like the desired effect of your training is the love of train. is that you're training. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, what am I running for? I mean, there's a goal, but it's not an attainable goal anytime soon. You know, I want to do like a, mile, a three miles in 30 minutes, I want to get my pace to 10 minute miles, right? That's not a hard goal to attain. But, you know, is that the ultimate goal at the end? No. The goal is that I'm running and I feel good running. And it feels good to stretch to move mm-hmm. that muscle. Just like working recovery will be hard and it'll suck. But for me, working recovery should feel good to be in recovery. And it does feel mm-hmm. good to be in recovery right <clears throat> now. You know, Right now it does. Talk to me tomorrow. Shit could change. <laughs> it's it's right. fucking life. Life does that. Just like with our fucking email writer, Like they went through a hard breakup that apparently sounds like a lot of really mean, hurtful things were said, you know, and things were going up good until a certain point when it wasn't going good. You know, we got to rely on the tools we have. And if the tool is a God shot from two fucking nerds doing a podcast, well, then I guess, you know, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like it comes in the weirdest forms, you know?
1: Yeah. Because we really
0: are nerds. We were like grown ass nerds. We were like nerd alcoholics.
1: Nerd alcoholics. Even a weirder niche.
0: Even a weirder niche. (laughs) Like We weren't even cool (laughs) alcoholics. We (laughs) were fucking nerds.
1: Yeah. I was not Girls didn't
0: talk to us. Well, I don't want to say us. Girls talked to Coda because Coda looked like Mm -hmm. a Calvin Klein model. And girls talk to you because you were a cool bartender of Ballard. Well,
1: I was a bartender. That was that's the and only time. And I had time. a wife, so no, no and girls then, talking
0: to me because a wife was right.
1: In a way, you know. <laughs> but that was the only. That was when. That's when I thought I was cool, but. Yeah. But I wasn't. But that's when I thought I was. That's when I, I had. Were, yeah. That's when I had a moderate amount of clout with the people that came into the bar and mm-hmm. the five bars around me. Those were right. and you had So, to do like
0: clout in a five, in a one block radius, you were killing it, dude.
1: I had I had clout with maybe a half a dozen bartenders, but that's only because mm-hmm. I came with me was my money and a bunch of other people's money. You know right, what I mean?
0: Exactly. Right. Like you go fucking three blocks up to the fucking wing hut or Dang. whatever, you know, and they're just like, "Who's mm-hmm. this sloppy fucking? Get the fuck uh, out of
1: here!" Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they were not interested. But so, mm-hmm. so yes, there was there was a moderate amount of clout there. Um, but I think too, I, I learned from that, that like, I mean, what's important Th- those things, that idea of being popular or being, um, being the fucking center of attention mm-hmm. really wasn't that important at all. Yeah. I mean, it's better. I feel better. I feel more, um, I feel far more fulfilled getting an email like that and knowing that yeah. maybe something uh, I threw out there was able to help somebody else like that feels yes, a lot dude. that feels a lot better than um that, that's getting a, I think
0: what shook me <laughs> when you said it to me. I think that's what made me hot in the eyes is I was like fuck mm-hmm. oh I helped someone. I think I helped so. someone and then I told Megan like dude I think I helped somebody and she's like of course you did you help people all the time and I'm like no I don't like. I think I help. This is weird. Like it's a really weird feeling, John. So thank well, you, and I would, Katie, right? If I'm getting the name, yeah, right. thank you. God, I can't believe. I mean, let will say thank you, be sincere, then fuck your name up. That's how I'm gonna roll. <laughs> but thank well, you. Well, I think it, this is I don't know.
1: because Jerry. Let me be the first to say that what you do is an esteemable act. You know, <sighs> <sighs> feels even feels if gross, I have man. to drag it out of you some weeks.
0: <laughs> it feels weird, man. Not even the podcast. Just doing shit. That affects yeah. people in a positive way every once in a while is super weird to me. I'm not used to that. Yeah. Even now, I'm yeah. not used to it. But, <clears> but <throat> you know, whatever. I mean, not whatever. Whatever in a good way. A good way. Yeah. So.
1: Let it be. What, Just what, to, what do we
0: learn? We, what is it? Something ass. <clears throat> uh, wet ass alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> we alcoholics persevere.
1: We alcoholics persevere.
0: Mm-hmm. We alcoholics pee our beds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. We do pee our yeah, pants. Yeah, we do. So that's a pee. I've, I've a peed my drawer. bed. I've peed the couch. I have peed my pants.
0: You peed on a girlfriend once.
1: I, there's there. Are, yes, I peed in we the don't car. Kind of throw that out in the podcast. I peed it, all over Stephen switch. Schwab's Saturn one time. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> well, it, well, I wasn't drunk, but I was trying to like. We were, we were driving on the one highway, on the coast California Coast Highway, and there's nowhere to pull over, and I mm-hmm. really had to go. And I had to try to pee in this bottle, and that I don't suggest it. If, if you do have to, you get something with a wide mouth. Um, it gives you a little mm-hmm. more room to move. Um, so, yes. Uh, but we alcoholics persevere. Um, yes. there's now Wait, there's, first
0: of all, I want to clarify something. I think I may have mistaken you for someone else in that earlier comment. I think somebody else peed on a sleeping girlfriend. Somebody had a girlfriend who was sleeping and they were trying to pee in the drawer and ended up peeing on the sleeping girlfriend. And I just want to clear it up. I don't think that was John. I think that's was up for somebody else. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's I did. Okay. I, did. I, did. I think See, I did. And I here's just don't the want thing, that out right? there in the world, like Johnny be peeing on his girlfriend. dude. <clears throat> don't listen to this podcast. Ew. So
1: no, but I I did I did share a bed with a woman and this is many years ago. And I did oh, no. get up to go pee. And I did I didn't p she was on the other side of the bed, but she woke up as soon as I started pissing on the mattress. No, I remember that I remember that and story she was like, but this is I've heard no, a story me. from
0: another alcoholic I know. From another drunk. Well, another person I was drinking with. I can't label them an alcoholic, but
1: yeah. No. I think so, all over yes. myself
0: getting pushed through a hedge and they threw a snake on me. So that's a whole thing.
1: <laughs> we alcoholics the dead pain. snake. <laughs> so but but to bring it then, back that's
0: in the last four minutes of the podcast sorry i know you're trying to it's, it's button okay. it up but it's, I'm just saying, it's, it's okay you're a right moment. in the last four minutes of the podcast we're going to give them this we're going to serve them up listen, a little bit of soup
1: you know listen i have i have plenty of public urination stories to last the rest of my life you get um, those
0: stories at the patreon account by the way you know <laughs> right should we do one of those
1: um so I think mostly my public urination stories now are in the woods while I'm out on a trail run, and I'm, like, you know, five miles in, and I got five dude, miles to go, and I'm like, I got I've been outside
0: go. a long time. I'm,
1: a, I'm looking both it's ways. It's been a long time. In my little satin shorts, and I kind of just lift mm-hmm. them up, and I go real quick, and then I get back just on the Just you your
0: satin running shorts in the fucking Sonoma, dude. Don't ever get lost in that shit. they just have <laughs> you on the news with the fucking moon blanket and your tiny little satin shorts, like – your neck gator like you're on Survivor.
1: i love it naked <laughs> and afraid um naked and afraid the sonoma edition so i think i think the best thing i can the best thing that i have learned and honestly even most recently is cut the shit do the work yeah cut the one the day shit, at do a time work, yeah. and that goes for everything in my life is not just alcohol mm-hmm. but coronavirus um The absolutely yeah. The political climate, the Mm -hmm. uh, the work that I do, um, this podcast, all of it is literally one day at a time because there's no fucking finish line. The finish line is death, and even then, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's kind of a shitty finish line. (laughs) But but Jerry, even if is death even the finish line? If I am just the universe experiencing itself through this particular avatar, doesn't that consciousness and, and and float off into something else? I mean, I don't know.
0: Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> no, I, that's a whole different podcast, dude.
1: <laughs> so I think you that... I got on... have TikTok, man. <laughs> do
0: I? <laughs> You're into that weird metaphysical TikTok? Yeah. They're like, welcome I to do... political TikTok. Welcome to cheese TikTok. Welcome <laughs> to metaphysical TikTok.
1: <laughs> uh, I am on... I'm on Ugh. I'm on all of the... Oh, I'm on potato too. I um, know you are. Uh, I know you are. TikTok
0: <laughs> <laughs> always comes back to that vodka one way or another dude you right
1: know. exactly mm-hmm. exactly so i would just say that if you're having trouble find the strength to persevere
0: yeah um,
1: absolutely if you don't if you don't have it within you that's okay you'll find it or mm-hmm. ask somebody for help
0: that absolutely. doesn't hurt that's a very helpful
1: um, and so yes we will persevere right. for another week and I will um, I'll talk to you then alright man <laughs> later. later thanks again for listening our music as always is by Neglect you can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com
0: and you can find us on all social media platforms that matter Instagram Facebook and Twitter and you can reach us at asforalcoholic at
1: gmail.com talk to you later
0: yeah